Yeah, th- thanks for having me. Can everybody hear me good? Yeah? It is, uh, it is a lot of fun to be back here. It's been, as Dave said, 13 years since I took the stage at the Naperville Yellow Box. And of course, it was just a box back then. Now it doesn't really look like a box, does it? And you know what I'm standing on, right? The pond. Yeah, I'm like standing over the pond that once was. But I'll tell you what, it is so good to be here. And I want to start out with a question, a rhetorical question. So think about this. Don't answer it out loud. But I want you to think about this. But if you could attempt to do anything and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? You could attempt to do anything and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? And let me ask it a different way. If there was something that you wish could be true about you that maybe isn't true about you today, what would it be? What would it be? Now, some of you, you know, the wheels are turning and you're thinking kind of like fun and, and whimsical. And you're thinking, man, if I knew I couldn't fail, I would go and play the lottery every day. Raise your hand if you would do that. Yeah, I might do that. Boy, I'd be like a billionaire. Wouldn't that be awesome? Some of you are thinking, oh, if I could just be married to a professional athlete or a rock star, wow, you know, then that would be really, really cool. But no, seriously, what would you attempt if you knew you couldn't fail? Or what would you want to be true about your life that just isn't true yet today? And as I ask that question, I can't help but ask a follow-up question. And that question would be, what's stopping you? What is in the way of you actually moving in that direction? One of my favorite parts of a job as being a pastor is getting to talk with so many of you all throughout the week, leaders, attenders, and meeting over coffee. And I get to hear you know, your life, your past, your, your present, and I get to hear your future, the things that you're dreaming about. When you tell me about your dreams, sometimes the things that hold you back are things like, you say, if only I had more time or money, then I would pursue that. Some of you say, well, if I just had more relational or political capital, then I would go in that direction. And then others, like I've said many times, I just don't know where to begin. I I, I like this idea. I wish I could do that. I've never done that before, and I wouldn't even know what first step to take. And maybe you're there. Maybe you've said those things. Maybe you've said some other things. But if I could probably boil it down to one thing that gets in the way of you and I pursuing that dream or that hope or the desire, it's something completely different. And it's something that's universal, but I'm not going to tell you just yet. All right? As Dave said, we're going to continue in our series called Lake Effect. And we're calling it Lake Effect because for much of Jesus' earthly ministry, it was all about imparting wisdom, life lessons, teaching his disciples what it meant to follow him. And it was all in and around the shores of Lake Gennesaret. Now, we don't really know that name. That's not all that familiar with us, but it's in Israel. We know it as the Sea of Galilee. Raise your hand if you know the Sea of Galilee. All right, there we go. So the Sea of Galilee, and that's where it is. And so lots of wisdom, lots of life lessons as to what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And for our story today, the lesson that Jesus has for us, we're going to read parts of it, but the History Channel and the Bible miniseries, I thought, did a great job capturing this particular story. So let's watch it together.
the Messiah. Peter. Peter walks on water. And I suppose Jesus did too, but most of us focus in on the Peter walking on water part because maybe there's a part of us that would love to do that. Show of hands if you're familiar with that story. Yeah, most of us, right? I've read it so many times. Sometimes when I read this story, though, my reading comprehension isn't all that good. Maybe this is true for you as well. I read a story and I almost have to like go back and, and like, did that really happen or... What was the sequence of events again? Sometimes it fails me because for the longest time, I always thought that uh, Jesus was the one who called Peter out on the water. Didn't you? And in fact, the History Channel thought that too, but they got it wrong. And so I think it's so important for us to kind of go back and say, what really happened in that story? So if you have your Bibles, your Bible app, the words will be on the screen. We're in uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14. Uh, Notice this. So Matthew tells us, and he's quoting Peter. Peter is the one who said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. See, it wasn't Jesus who initiated that conversation. It was Peter. So Peter's venture out onto the water started when he saw Jesus doing this miraculous and awesome thing. And then he wanted to do it also. And so let me ask you again, if you knew you couldn't fail... What's one thing that you would just love to attempt or try to do? Or another way, if there's something that you wish could be true about you today, what is it? When it comes to the things that we wish we could do, I believe all of us, and again, I've talked to lots of people, and there's a recurring theme. Most of us in this room, I would guess, most of us want to make a difference, a real difference with our lives. Most people I talk to would love to align their gifts and talents for a purpose and a cause that is so much bigger and and so much greater, you know, beyond themselves. I believe there's people here today who would love to really get it right as being a mom or a dad to their kids or being the husband and wife that, that we know God's called us to be. I believe there are people here who would love to invest their time and their talents and their energy to make their community a better place and ultimately the world a better place. But you know, whatever it is that, that you wish you could do or wish you could be, Uh, there's a problem. There's an unfortunate reality about it. And the unfortunate reality about it is too few of us are actually doing anything about it. 
Too few of us are actually moving in the direction of our hopes and our dreams and our desires. And that was certainly true for me for, for many, many years. And uh, over and over again, like I said earlier, you know, there were you know, reasons or obstacles that I would you know, verbally say out loud. I'd say, oh, I'd love to do that, but I don't have the money or I don't have the time, or I don't have the know-how. But if we could just kind of move all those things aside and really get to sort of the root of it, what I think keeps you and I from pursuing those dreams and those hopes and those desires is something called fear. Fear. Fear that maybe it'll be too hard or too difficult or too scary. Fear that it's just not possible. Fear that, oh, if I do that, you know, like ice, it's just going to, you know, crack beneath us. But, you know, even more accurately, something, you know, even beyond fear, I think it's beyond fear. I think what really stops us isn't just fear. I think it's having a way to overcome that fear that's in our hearts and and also in our minds. And see, think about this, this story that, that we read in the Gospel of Matthew. There were 12 disciples in that boat that day, but only one who actually gets out and walks on the water with Jesus. And the difference between the one And the difference between the other 11 isn't fear. Peter was afraid. All of them were afraid. The difference between the one water walker and the 11 water walker wannabes, say that real fast, right? The difference wasn't fear. The difference was faith. Faith to actually get out of the boat and move past their fears. And so if that's true, wouldn't you like to know how to move past your fear? Wouldn't you like to know how to grow in your faith and, and have that mature inside of you so that you can say yes to those hopes and those dreams and those desires? I certainly would. And so I want to take a look at the story a little bit more closely. And let's look where Peter's walk, water walking got started. In the face of fear, do you remember this? You remember how it all began? He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. So where it begins to find this faith is we've got to be willing to say it what? Out loud. Got to say it out loud. That's what Peter does. Saying it out loud, I think, and based on this story, is where the origin of of overcoming our fear is going to begin. And it takes courage to say things out loud, doesn't it? I mean, just think about, you know, many of the great accomplishments in history, and, and so many of them had their beginning when someone had the courage to... Say it out loud. 1961, President John F. Kennedy said, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal. Before this decade is out, he said, of landing a man on the moon, and then I'm glad he added this part, and returning him safely to Earth. Aren't you glad for that as well? Yeah, after like Apollo 11. That's a bold statement, isn't it? Or how about this? In 1964, two years into what would become a 27-year prison sentence, Nelson Mandela stood in a courtroom in South Africa and he said, I have dedicated my life to the struggle of the African people. And I have cherished the ideal of a democratic and free society in which all persons will live together in harmony with equal opportunities. It's a bold statement. And then in June of 1987, more of us are going to be familiar with this one. President Ronald Reagan, he stood at the Berlin Wall, which was the symbol of communism at the time. Do you remember what he said to Mikhail Gorbachev? Tear down that wall. He said it out loud. Those were bold and courageous statements. Now, but please remember, when those gentlemen, when they spoke those words, there was nothing that was guaranteed. 
They had no idea whatsoever how history was going to unfold based on those proclamations that they uttered audibly on those days. It took courage to say that out loud. And that's the same kind of courage that it's going to take for you and I to sit across the table from someone we know and care about and tell them that what we dream about, that thing that we would like to attempt or try, or or that person that we would like to be. And so let me ask you, when it comes to what you really want to do, or what you really wish were true about you, have you said it out loud? Have you told anybody what's in your heart and what's in your mind? That's part one of our challenge for today. I want to encourage you before this week is out to make a time to maybe sit with a close friend or maybe your spouse or your significant other. I want to encourage you to tell your small group. You tell them what's on your heart. You tell them about your dreams. And when you do, no disclaimers. All right, no qualifiers, just have the courage to tell them what it is that you're really feeling inside. That's the first step of finding faith. We've got to be able to say it out loud. And saying it out loud is powerful because when we say it out loud, then we give God the chance to say what God said to Peter that day. Do you remember what he said? When, when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water, Jesus said... The Bible channel got the, the history channel got this right. He said, come, come, come to me on the water. And if I could paraphrase, like, let's do this, Peter. Come on, you and me, let's go for it right here, right now. And when we have the courage to say what it is we need to say out loud, although we probably won't hear God tell us audibly, if you do, we might want to talk about that, okay? God doesn't usually speak to me that way, but you know how he often speaks to me is he'll confirm it through a trusted friend. Maybe one of my coworkers. I'll, I'll share what I'm thinking or I'm feeling, and they'll say, you know, you're crazy. Or they'll say, no, I could see you doing that. You should go for it. And that might be one of the ways that we hear God confirm, yeah, come to me on the water. Uh, other times, it, it might be, you know, through circumstances. You know, you've been butting your head up against the wall over and over and over. But now, you're like, you know, things are different. And this changed and that changed. And my circumstances are lining up. Maybe this is the right opportunity for me. Or, you know, maybe uh, the way you'll hear God speak to you is you weren't going to come to church this morning, but for whatever reason you did, and you've been thinking about this thing, and all of a sudden we're talking about walking on water, and you're like, that's it. I'm here for that very reason. And that's confirmation, perhaps, that you should move in that direction. But maybe we never hear God say, come, let's do this thing, Peter, because... Well, because we've never said it out loud. So that's the first step. Let's say it out loud. A deeper faith, I believe, to overcome our fears is going to begin when we say it out loud. And then here's the next part of finding faith for the things that we most want to experience in our lives. After Peter says, hey, I want to do this thing. And Jesus says, yeah, let's go for it. Come on out to me on the water. Matthew tells us in his gospel that Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on water toward Jesus. So after we say it out loud, the next thing in overcoming our fear is we've got to do what? We've got to get out of the boat, don't we? We've got to get out of the boat. And you see, when it comes to faith, there are really two kinds of people in the world. There are water walkers and there are boat people. Sorry, left side. You know, I, I tend to go like my left side with the negative and I'm just maybe because I'm right hand dominant. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't walk on water. Next week, you might want to sit over here. But anyway, water walkers and boat people, two different kinds of people. And, but you know what boat people say? 
Bold people tend to say things like, oh, I've tried that before, but it didn't work. I'm not doing that again. And bold people say things like, oh, I don't know, I'd like to, but I don't really have the time and I don't have the money and and, and I just don't know how I'd do that. And both people say, oh, yeah, I've done that. But again, it didn't work out. So there's no way I'm ever getting out of the boat again. You can't make me. And so you know what? Uh, Boat people, they're not going to go anywhere. And they're not going to do anything. And it's not because they don't want to. No, not because they don't want to. It's because they don't have the faith or the courage to actually get out of the boat. But water walkers... Water walkers have the faith, and water walkers get out of the boat. Show of hands if you're familiar with the name Max Licato. Yeah, how many of you have read one of his books or read one of his books to your children? All of us, probably, right? Uh, great guy. I mean, he, his ministry has impacted just thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. But early on, Max would say that uh, he was far from God that he needed to find his way back to God. And he tells a personal story of when he was just a high school uh, worker doing this summer grimy job in the oil fields of South Texas. And one day in particular, uh, while he and, and, his, and his grimy kind of co-workers are all hanging out at the lunch table, he says that he encountered a water walker and it changed everything. During that lunch hour one day, he says one of his bosses Uh, nervously but courageously approached Max and his group there at the lunch table. And here's how Max describes that incident many years later as he writes a letter of appreciation to this unnamed boss. He says, you were nervous and you shifted your weight from one leg to another as you began to speak. Um, Fellows, you started. We turned and we looked up at you. Uh, I just want to tell you that... um, um, well, uh, our, our church is having a service tonight, and uh, uh, I want to invite you to, to join me if, if you want. Well, uh, that's it. Uh, if you want to go, um, um, just let me know. And after you turned and left, we turned and laughed. You became the butt of our Jay's jokes, but I'm sure you already knew that. I'm sure you went back to your truck knowing that the only good you'd done that day was to make a fool out of yourself. But if that's what you thought, you're mistaken. You see, many years later, I was a college sophomore, and I was struggling with a decision, drifted from my faith. I desperately wanted to come back to God, but the price was high, and my habits would have to change, and my reputation would have to be overcome. I thought of how your love for God that day had been greater than your love for your reputation. I thought about how your obedience had been greater than your common sense. And I remember how you cared more about making disciples than about making a good first impression. And when I thought of you, your memory became my motivation and my inspiration. So I came home. Or as we like to say here at Community Max, found his way back to God. He goes on and he says, what you did that day may not have been much in your eyes. And I'm sure you walked away that day thinking that your efforts had been all a waste, but they weren't. And so I'm right in to say thank you. Thank you for the example. Thank you for your courage. Gratefully, Max Licato. Max's boss wanted to spend his life helping people find their way back to God. And so he got out of the boat. And sure, by the letter, you know, you know he stumbled and he fumbled and he muttered and it was awkward and he may not have known it at the time, but Max's boss back then, 
in the oil fields of Texas. He walked on water that day. So those are the first two things that we got to do to find that faith to overcome our fear. We've got to be willing to say it out loud, and we've got to be willing to actually get out of the boat. And then the third thing for water walking, the third thing for finding that faith that we need happens after Peter gets out of the boat. See, check this out in the Gospel of Matthew chapter, or verse 30. Peter gets out of the boat, and it's awesome. And he's out there doing some water walking that reflects the awesome power of God. And it had to have been really, really cool. But then look what starts to happen. Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and he looks at the wind and then he looks at the waves and and fear starts to set in. And when that fear sets in, he begins to sink like a rock and he cries out, Lord, save me. And when he says, Lord, save me, those words there in the original language are an extreme passive voice, which implies that when he starts to sink, he knew he couldn't save himself. Not a chance. He fears that he's drowning in his own failure. That's what's going on. But please understand, you know, when it comes to moving in the direction of what we hope and what we desire, you know, that person that we'd love to be someday, uh, we have to be willing to fail. That's the third thing. We have to be willing to fail. But, you know, I think there is an oxymoron in how we actually choose to follow Jesus. Think about this. See if this is true for you. You see, many of us, myself, you know, I want to have faith, but I just want my faith to be safe. Would you agree with me? I mean, that feels better. We want to step out in faith, but we want to know that it's safe. It's like walking out onto the ice. You know, we're like, okay, you know, is it going to hold? But it doesn't work that way when it comes to getting out of the boat. It doesn't work that way when it comes to walking on water. Safe faith is an oxymoron. It doesn't exist because faith in itself is risky and it's precarious and faith is exactly what we need when it's not safe. That's faith. You know, leadership expert John Maxwell, he's a pastor, author, many, many different books. There's one major difference, he says, that exists between, I'll go this way, between average people all right? And, and, and the achiever kind of people. And you know what that difference is? He says it all comes down to how we learn to fail. How we learn how to fail. Because we're all going to fail. And so take a look at this. This is from one of his books. He makes a list of characteristics to describe, you know, what it looks like for people to fail backward, which is not a good thing. And then what it looks like for people who are going to fail forward and actually accomplish things and go on you know, to, to actually acquire those dreams and those hopes and those desires. And so take a look at that list, you know, in which list would you say, or, or which descriptions would you say, you know, sort of apply to you? How is it that you tend to approach failure? Water walkers know that when they step out onto the water, there's a great chance that they are actually going to fail. And think about this. I mean, if, if you are trying to rebuild a strained relationship and you need to step out onto the water, you know, and you're trying to, to rebuild this thing, maybe with a spouse or maybe with, you know, your teenage son or daughter. Don't expect them to, you know, applaud right away. You've got to be able to expect skepticism and doubt and uncertainty. I mean, think about that. If you have an idea that you think could change, you know, your life, the life of your family, maybe those around you, don't expect everybody to be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. It's going to take some time, and there's going to be some setbacks, and there's going to be some roadblocks. Helen Keller, 
I think we're all familiar with that name and her disabilities in particular, are we right? Am I, give me a nod of the head if you know Helen Keller. All right, most of us do. Well, she said once that life is either a daring adventure or it's nothing at all. And so I looked up the word adventure in the dictionary, and I find that it's defined as a bold and unusual risky undertaking. So if there is no risk that you and I can fail, then there's no adventure. And life is either an adventure or it's nothing at all. And Peter's walk on water that day, it was an adventure, wasn't it? And it was an adventure because there was a great risk that he could fail. But it was worth it. And he was willing to take that risk because of who he was walking toward. And that makes all the difference in the world. Who Peter's walking toward made all the difference. Peter, or Matthew, tells us in his gospel that immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And we saw that there also in the video. They got that right. And this tells us one other thing that we really need to know when it comes to finding faith for you and I to actually overcome our fear and become these water walkers. And if this is the only thing you hear, then it will be worth it if we just retain this. But in those moments when you, are, you and I are overwhelmed by fear, in those moments, moments when we feel like we're sinking you know, in our own failure, remember this. Jesus promises to reach out his hand and rescue us. And in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, his promise is, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I don't know if you ever stop to think about this, but that is the only guarantee we have in life. Really, the only one. We're not guaranteed a long life. We're not guaranteed health. We're not guaranteed prosperity. The only real promise we have is that Jesus will never leave us, and he'll never forsake us. And the difference between boat people and water-walking people is that water-walking people keep their eyes on Jesus. And so, yeah, Peter, he gets out of the boat. And at one point, it seemed like a good idea. And then at another point, you know, it didn't seem like such a good idea. But think about this, you know, uh, I've got to think that, you know, he was the only one, of course, who got out of the boat and the 11 never even tried. And so those 11 are never going to be able to tell the story of one day when they got out of the boat and they walked on water toward Jesus. They never get to tell that story. But Peter... I bet he got to tell that story over and over and over again at parties and social gatherings. He probably said, yeah, there was this one time, you know, I wanted to walk on water and Jesus said, come on, let's do this thing. And I did. And it was awesome. And then, and then I started to sink because I took my eyes off of him. But you're never going to believe this. I mean, Jesus was right there and he reached out his hand and he said that he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And Peter, the evangelist, you know, like the founder of the church, I'm sure he told that story over and over again for every person who was hoping that they could put their faith and their trust in Christ. He said, that's the only guarantee you have. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Dave shared part of my story. Uh, I didn't go to college to become a pastor like many of our staff here at Community. I went to college and I got a degree in business and, and I, like many students, Wanted to make a lot of money. Is that okay? I did. And uh, God showed up in some powerful ways, and he provided for my wife and I. But then 19 years ago, uh, we were at Lou Malnati's Pizza in downtown Naperville. Raise your hand if you love Lou Malnati's. Awesome. Uh, A complete stranger walked up to our table and invited us to Community Christian Church. There was only one campus at the Naperville North High School. Raise your hand if you started at Naperville North High School. A few people, and I saw you greeting out there. This is awesome. So 19 years ago, um, 
is, is when all of that took place. And, you know, we started celebrating like many of you here. And then in, in short order, I started serving in Kid City, as Dave said. And then I began leading in Kid City, just a passion to work with kids and students. And then I was asked to be an apprentice leader in a small group, which then I became a, a leader of a small group. And in time, I started uh, coaching other small group later, leaders. And then God began to just put this hope and this desire, or I, I first began to notice it anyway, that one day maybe I could use my gifts and talents to, to make even a bigger difference or, or have even more. And maybe I could be on staff at community. Maybe one day I could be a pastor. And so I said it out loud. I said, hey, Amy, to my wife, this is crazy, but here's what I'm thinking. And then I told some of my small group members. And then next month marks 15 years when I sat down with Dave and John Ferguson at uh, some breakfast restaurant near her by. And I said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And they said, yeah, yeah, get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. And I did. And it's been a daring and exciting adventure. And Jesus has never, ever left me or forsaken me. But what is it for you? What is it for you? What do you hope? What do you desire? What do you wish could be true about you? Say it out loud. Get out of the boat and be willing to fail. He won't leave you and he won't forsake you. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we love you and we thank you for your word and your promise, Lord. Uh, It is an encouragement and uh, we praise you this morning and ask God that you would give us the courage to say those things out loud, that you would just confirm it God, that you would give us the courage and the faith to actually get out of the boat and to walk towards you. Help us to keep focused on you every step of the way. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.